are you? I'm so, so good. I'm a little tired. I, um, I'm working two jobs um, and work, and also going to school full time. Um, and I, for whatever reason, thought I could do it with like no stress. Um, and I was mistaken. So now I'm just, I'm doing my nails right now. Um, and this is called self-care. Is doing your nails like a stress reliever for you? No, not at all. Oh. But I'm soaking my, yeah, but I'm soaking my hands in hot water first, hot, hot soapy water. Um, so that it feels like self-care. Love that. Um, doing my nails was a stress reliever for me when I was in college. Really? And so I would like repaint them like once a week, just like take the polish off and like repaint them. And it was like, I would, that was like when I allowed myself to just like indulge in a Netflix show while I was painting my nails. Cause I was like, I can't do anything else. So I'm going to watch this Netflix show. And so yeah. that was like my me time, but now I like never paint my nails. So I don't know what happened, but <laughs> you don't ever self-care anymore. I'm not stressed anymore. Obviously I never get stressed. Mm. Right. Obviously. <laughs> oh, yep. Um, okay. I am going to introduce my friend. Okay. Um, so yep. today, um, we have Rachel with us. Rachel, you can say, Hey, hi, <laughs> Rachel. I am so excited for, uh, you all to get to know Rachel because she's one of my favorites. So I met Rachel, Oh gosh, a year ago now, we had that like awkward first meeting at Panera. It was great. Um, I felt very awkward. I'm sure you did not feel awkward. I was like, oh my gosh, they seem really cool. I hope they like me. Um, but I met Rachel and her at the time fiance, now husband Connor um, at Panera after Connor had moved to the parish that I work at. And Rachel was moving once they got married. So it was like this whole thing of they wanted to help out with youth ministry. And I was super excited, but then they were really cool. And I was very intimidated and they're really awesome. But now we're friends. And so I'm not intimidated anymore. And they're super fun. Um, so Rachel, yeah, we're going to go through some questions. But do you want to just like tell us a little bit about yourself that maybe I didn't already say? Maybe I said too much. I don't know. Still yeah. your thunder. No, you're good. Um, yeah, so like we said, I just got married in January. Um, Love. And I help out at the parish that she works at. Um, yeah, I grew up in a really big family, um, family of six kids, and I was the youngest. I have a twin sister, mm -hmm. so fun fact. Um, and <laughs> yeah, it's basically everything. <laughs> I love that. Rachel, what else did you do in December? Big life moment. Oh, I graduated college. That's a big thing that I missed, but um, yeah. I graduated from Minnesota State University, Mankato, um, with a music industry degree. Music so what industry. do you do now for a living? What do I do now for a living? Yeah. Yeah, good question. Um, so currently, I work as a wedding dress um, consultant. So I sell wedding dresses. Super fun. Wow. Um, yeah. And then I also, I'm working on um, producing and recording one of my songs. So I also, with a music industry degree, I also um, write music and lead praise and worship at other parishes and churches in the area. Um, yeah, and so I'm working on recording some stuff now, which has been really good. That is so fun. Rachel, let me tell you something. When I was in high school, I worked as a prom consultant um, at a bridal shop. So I feel like we're kind of similar in that regard. <laughs> That's crazy. Did you like it? I loved it. Yeah, it was so good. So yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I would always see like the brides go over to like the wedding side and like pick out their dresses and like try them on or whatever. And it was so fun. Yeah. It's such a girl moment, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah. It's so fun. 
yeah <laughs> buying a wedding dress is such a girl moment it is <laughs> you know you just need the women in your life I feel like you guys are actually similar in a lot of regards Lydia so I'm glad that you just said that you and Rachel so not just I'm excited for this friendship to happen yeah <laughs> cool Cool. Um, okay. We full disclosure to our listeners. Um, I left my notebook at home today and we're recording. Well, I'm recording at work, so I don't have our get to know you questions. So Lydia and I are going to try to ask them from memory. Um, I remember some of them, but not a lot of them. So (laughs) Lydia, do you want to throw one out first? Well, I know the first one is like, what's your favorite coffee like what, what's your go-to coffee order that's a really good question um I'm weird and I don't drink coffee but my go-to <gasps> tea order is mint tea <laughs> so oh my gosh okay well that's really good for your health but really bad for this bonding so <laughs> <laughs> it's whatever um mint tea okay um I know there was one that is uh what are you binge watching right now and then what are you reading right now those were two separate ones I think Oh, good question. I love those questions. Um, so first of all, what I'm, what have I been watching? I'm watching Love It or List It um, for like TV. Really good. Really fun. Um, and then what am I reading right now? I'm reading The Power of Silence by Arch, I don't know, by um, Cardinal Seurat. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good Wait, one. What is that one about? Um, it's about like overcoming the dictatorship of noise, like in our society and learning to live within the silence and to listen to God in the silence. It's really good. Highly recommend it. Mm, okay, great. I'll keep it on my list. It took me like a year and a half to read it because it's like, there's just a lot in it. And so you have to like pray with it a lot. And even then it was like, I had to like take breaks. I would like read it one day and like not want to pick it up again for a week. <laughs> so it took me mm. a really long time. but it's a good one yeah yeah that's how you know it's a good one um cool okay um what is your favorite way to pray that was one my favorite way to pray is through music whether that's usually it's writing my own songs um just like singing my prayers to the lord love that um what annoyed you this past week what annoyed me this past week Mm -hmm. um Oh, yesterday I made these strawberry shortcakes and they didn't turn out. And so that really annoyed me. I, think I, I tried to make them like a healthy version. Just, I do not recommend, don't even try. But they just like, when I, I use my cute little, I have like little bunt pans. So they have like cute little, it's a cute mold. It makes it really cute. But when I dumped them all out, they would just turn into crumbles. And so they are not, that annoyed me. <laughs> when you try to make shortcake healthy, I feel like that's what you're asking to happen is yeah, for it to be destroyed. You know, it's just like shortcake is shortcake and just leave it at that. But I appreciate your desire to make things healthy. <laughs> the effort was there. Yeah. yeah. One time Rachel made me smoothies and I was like, like while we were watching a movie and it kind of changed my life. Cause I was like, I usually eat ice cream while I'm watching a movie, but smoothies is like, it's the same vibe and just better for you. So that was pretty cool. Wait, why do you eat ice cream? Don't you eat popcorn when you watch a movie? Um, sometimes we also had popcorn, but we had popcorn and smoothies instead of popcorn and ice cream. Honestly, I usually eat ice cream and drink wine while I watch a movie, but oh my gosh, no, I've never eaten anything other than popcorn. 
you've never eaten anything other than popcorn while watching a movie. Yeah. I don't believe that's true. No, it is. Never in your life have you no. watched a movie and eaten something else other than popcorn. No, like I've never like sat down and watched a movie with anything other than popcorn. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, Rachel made smoothies while we watched the movie and it was great. Yeah, she's very healthy. She's a very healthy human. Um, I remember the last question, but do you remember any of the other ones? Because I think we're missing no. one. Do you want to ask the last one? Because it's your favorite question. Yeah, it is my favorite question. Thanks for letting me do it. Um, what's your favorite way to eat a potato? My favorite way to eat a potato? That's a great question. I, well, I eat sweet potatoes, so I like sweet potato fries. <laughs> so <sighs> my favorite types of potatoes and the favorite way to eat it. Oh my gosh, I had some for lunch today. Yeah, they're <laughs> so good. Yeah, they, they are, are good. good. Mm. yeah cool thanks Rachel um Lydia do you want to um well did you have something else to say it was just that transition was just really funny <laughs> we are Rachel we're really good at the uh smooth segues and by really good I mean we're just really bad at it so you'll you'll feel that from us um also, the thing is, I don't even think we try um cool okay Lydia would you like to recap our theme that we're talking about yeah right basically this um season we're talking um a little bit about being like fruitful in our lives um and just like the different ways that we bear fruit and that we see fruit um in yeah our, and again like our own lives but also like other people's lives um and just like other situations around us um so we're gonna be talking a lot about prayer we're gonna be talking a lot about relationships and friendships um we're gonna be talking a lot about just like the ways that we encounter God and we like lead others to encounter God and just like the simple things that we do and simple things that we are um yeah yeah it's it's all based off of the commandment of be fruitful and multiply in Genesis so yeah think that but think like not the like reproductive like with the children aspect yeah think it but don't think it you know yeah, it's like that, the fact that the command, right, because it is a command in Genesis of like be fruitful and multiply, obviously in the moment was applying to Adam and Eve, like populating the earth. But the fact that like Genesis communicates theological truth and in that statement, in that command is a request for us to bear fruit with our lives and just the ways that you see the saints do that, the ways that you see people in scripture do that. And then the command, like kind of the bookend command from Jesus at the end of the gospel of Matthew saying, go and uh, go out to all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and the son, the Holy spirit, make disciples, you know? So that's kind of the overarching. uh, Yeah. Just as a refresher for our listeners and then to lead into this conversation with Rachel, I was really excited to have Rachel speak to this um, because it has been such a gift wow, it's crazy that it's only been really since January. Like you've been, like, even before that, you were involved in ministry a little bit while you were still in school, but because you were still in school at Mankato, like you were kind of in and out. And so it's really just been since January. So that just like, yeah, that just, wow, in my head added a whole whole other level to just the fruit that I have witnessed your life and your witness bearing in the parish already. Um, obviously in my role specifically with teens, but also just in general. 
Um, so that's what, kind of the main reason that I was really excited to have Rachel talk about this. But also, mm-hmm. I'm sure that, Rachel, you have great stories of women in your life bearing fruit in your own life. So I'm kind of going to turn it over to you. Those were kind of the two questions that uh, we had posed to you. Is just kind of um, where have you seen specifically other women bear fruit in your life, um, in your relationship with the Lord? Where have you seen him bear fruit spiritually in your heart? And then we can transition after that to kind of how have you seen the Lord use you to bear fruit? Perfect. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, first of all, there's been so many women that have poured into my life. Um, Yeah. And I'm just so grateful and thankful for all those women. Um, I think like I first want to start out with my mom. Like my mom is just, she's just such a good mom and just has poured Mm -hmm. into me so much growing up um, and has really helped me be like created into the woman that I am today. Um, like she was always there for like any moments of trials or struggle to like, um, always point me back to the Lord. And ultimately she also taught me how to pray throughout my life. Um, she was always the one that would get up at like 6am and like pray every morning on the couch. Mm. And then I started copying her and that's so <laughs> what I do today. Um, and so just like having that routine and having that example of what a yeah. true woman of God looks like, um, and like, she also was just such a giving woman, especially when it comes to parish life. Um, and just like always volunteering for help. And when we were growing up, she'd always just like volunteer us for like everything. Be like, oh, well, my kids can just help. And we're like, oh, thanks mom. But in the end, it actually worked out so well because um, we really learned how to give of ourselves. Um, and that is like one of the ways that she bore fruit in my life too. Mm. I love the examples that you give of like, right, because we know that that command in Genesis is like, be fruitful and multiply. And when we talk about like, the promise that married couples make to be fruitful, it's like what we initially think is like, oh, yeah, like, have kids, which obviously your mom did six times, you know, I guess five times with six children, and like, a very real thing. But then like the examples that you give of like, her bearing fruit, like, past that have very little to do with like physically bearing children it's the example that she set it's the ways that she loved you and I just think that's like even when we talk about physical motherhood it's like there's a spiritual aspect to that fruit I love that yeah 100 Mm percent and then I think like also I have a lot of friends that have just poured into me um and like yeah just like true friendship can just bear so much fruit and like both people's lives so in college I had yeah just so many friends um and a few of them like just poured into me so deeply and um yeah so there's just so many aspects there Mm, that's really beautiful Mm -hmm. do you have any just because so one of the things that we both talked about last week a little bit was just yeah like friendships bearing fruit in our lives this might be putting you on the spot, but do you have any like specific like story or example like of a friendship or like a moment in a friendship that it's like, oh, like they spoke into my life in a really real way that I needed in the moment? Yeah. Yeah, I do. So one of my good friends, Louisa, um, we lived together in college for about two years. um, And we just like just grew in friendship so much during that time. 
we we lived together like during COVID and so like in a really unique way our friendship really grew because mm. we couldn't like go anywhere or see anyone and so we just like really became really good friends like with everyone in our apartment but there was just like so um so many times that Luisa was there just like there just to talk to me through so many things I know like um during that time like Connor and I were long distance because he was up in the cities and I was still in school. Anyways, so that brings its own set of challenges. But so many times um, she was there just like in in some in the darker moments, um, just like, yeah, sharing like words of wisdom and words of affirmation and just like um, always pushing me to strive closer to Christ um, in mm-hmm. so many ways. And not only was she there like in the darkest moments, but we also had like so many fun memories. Like at one point, we, um, it was Easter season, um, meaning like three weeks past Easter, but we decided to hide Easter eggs all around the campus church. And just like <laughs> having those fun memories that not only like, she's like my true friend that we not only can share about like our faith um, together and strive together towards faith, but we can also have so many like fun memories together. Yeah. Yeah, I like that balance. That's the thing I I think about a lot with all of my girlfriends is like the balance between like, we can be real and authentic and raw and have like deep conversations and be very vulnerable and be very serious. And then like 20 minutes later, we can be like laughing our heads off and just like in tears on the floor, just like crying and laughing and whatever. Um, And I honestly think that like, yeah, that's just like something that like I've experienced a lot in my women friendships is just like, you need both in order to like have a good solid relationship, you know? Um, yeah. Cause like a friendship with just like one of them isn't like all in- like encompassing your entire life. You know what I mean? It's just like, Oh, you're just like satisfying this like one need or one desire I have as opposed to like the whole thing, which is interesting, but mm-hmm. yeah. I had a very similar experience too with, um, my roommate, Amelia, who you both know, um, but we lived together during COVID and it was a similar situation, right? Of like, we can't actually do anything else. And so we're kind of stuck together. And we were friends before that, similarly to how you were talking about with Louisa, like we were friends before that, but then there was just like a whole other level of depth that we reached and came to during that time, which was, has been a gift. Um, Cause I think, yeah, it's just, you know, forced intentionality. <laughs> it's not even intentionality, right? It's just like this forced situation where like you're in it together and you got to figure it out. Just gift. Um, not that I would, you know, say that we need a pandemic to do that, but <laughs> that was a gift, a silver lining that the Lord kind of brought out of that fruit that he mm-hmm. bore from that time. It's just friendship. Yeah. What a gift. Um, Rachel, I'm going to tell a story to lead into this part, but, um, so hopefully this is an okay story, but I have been super blessed in ministry in the last year, in particular, the last four-ish months. Um, so you and Connor got married in January, you know, this, this is not, you know, I don't know why I'm telling you that you got married in January, but, um, Listeners, Connor and Rachel got married in January, and um, both Connor and Rachel are very involved with youth ministry at the parish. Um, and like, they—I mean, they do that differently, but they do that together. 
and it's been really, really beautiful to see. Um, so you guys both went to um, Winter Faith Camp this February with our group of teens, our group of high schoolers. Um, and I feel like that was kind of, that was probably about a month after you had moved to Woodbury and gotten involved here and like, um, or moved to Cottage Grove. Sorry, Connor would get upset that I said Woodbury because um, he loves Cottage Grove. Um, but, uh, you know, so it had been about a month and you had been involved, but that was really, I think the moment where like our girls, especially just like saw a side of you that they were like, oh, this is somebody that I can know and that wants to know me and loves me and that I can be vulnerable with. And that was such a gift. But then having both you and Connor there and having both you and Connor involved in ministry since then, um, I've had lots of conversations and I know you have too, with particularly some of our high school girls about, um, you know, some of them have really, like really awesome really great examples of marriage in their parents. Um, and this is something that Lydia and I talked about a couple weeks ago, because I have that as well. And it's a gift. But even then, if we have teens, which we have some teens who, like, they don't have a witness of a Catholic marriage in their life. Um, and so seeing, or even the ones that do, right, seeing another one, seeing another example of like, especially young Catholics, like a young Catholic marriage, they look at you and Connor, and they can say like, oh, I could see myself having that someday. Um, and I just remember, I mean, having multiple conversations with a couple of our high school girls about like, yeah, like we get to watch them be married. And that's really cool um, because they get to see and know both of you. Um, Noah calls Connor dad, which is just really cute. But like, you know, they see that witness. And so um, kind of to lead into like your stories of ways that the Lord has borne fruit in your life or used you to bear fruit, like that is one way that I know that I see your life bearing fruit is just your and Connor's witness at the parish, um, which has been a gift to me. So thank you. And also just know that that's real. And for people out there who are listening, like I love Connor and Rachel's heart for parish life. Um, and if mm. you are not involved in your parish, do it because it's worth it. And just creating that community and Connor and Rachel are kind of at the front end of what we're building here when it comes to that. And that's a gift. Yeah, thank you for sharing all that. And I think that's, I think that's such a prayer in my own life, like to allow um, Connor and I's relationship to bear fruit in like multiple ways and to um, really be a witness of Christ's love. And um, yeah, which is so beautiful because like a relationship is at like the forefront of like your life. Um, and people see a relationship that don't necessarily have a chance and opportunity to go to a church. And so it's just been so beautiful to see the ways that um, our marriage has blessed, like, say, my relatives that aren't necessarily practicing or, um, like, other friends that I know that aren't necessarily practicing because they say, see something, like, beautiful, good, and true within our relationship mm -hmm. and ultimately are led closer to Christ, which I think has just been such a gift and so beautiful. Um, but, yeah, I think also, like, going off of that, I think one of the ways that I have bear fruit in others' lives um, is through like my gifts as a woman, particularly in receptivity, like just being mm -hmm. able to receive people like wherever they're at. Um, yeah, and just to like allow them to like experience their emotions and like go through, um, yeah, go through everything I'm going through, but also like give them the light of Christ. 
Um, I see that particularly in my work that I do right now as a wedding dress consultant. Like, you know, so many brides come in and there's, it's like an emotional time. Like they don't know necessarily what they're going to get and there's family dynamics and everything mixed in together. And so I'm able to meet the women at like very vulnerable times, um, which has actually been such a gift. And it's my favorite part of the job is to just meet um, the women where they're at um, and to help them through that time. Um, yeah. Anything lastly, mm. like one of the ways that I like to bear fruit is um, through music. Um, I think like, especially sharing music and sharing praise and worship, like it's always a moment that the Lord can use. Um, and it's through my humility and it's when I pour myself out to the Lord that he really uses it um, in many ways. And my, one of my prayers is that my voice will always bring people healing, um, whatever song that I'm singing. And I've really seen him work, um, his like work out so many miracles in front of me, which has been an absolute gift. And in particular, when I share my original music, it's amazing to see like how the lyrics that the Lord poured into me, I can share with others and see it impact their lives. And I think it's just such a gift to be able to see the fruit that the Lord is working. Cause we, we don't have to see the fruit that the Lord is working ever, mm-hmm. but we have the ability to, um, and the chance to. And so it's just been beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a little gift that he gives to you is like the fruit, you know, is the ability to see the fruit. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 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 I think that's really good for me to hear. That's a little bit convicting for me right now, I think, which is good. Like the fact that it, like, it's not a, it's not a privilege that we have. It's not a right that we have to see the fruit that the Lord is working through us. Like, if I'm genuinely making a gift of myself, I have to relinquish that right. I have to relinquish that privilege. And I have to just say like, okay, Lord, like use me how you want. Even if that means I don't see the fruit, even if that means, cause really like fruit, like seeing that fruit in a way is a reward. And if we're genuinely serving the Lord with complete self gift, we're not seeking reward. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to like remind myself of that, but like, I don't like everything that I'm doing is because of his grace. And so I don't actually deserve any reward, which includes kind of the fruit that I'm bearing, which is hard. Like that's really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm going to circle back to when you were talking about like serving, like in the parish, like within your marriage, um, because that's something that I'm really passionate about because I really, really want to do that. Um, and shout out to Jason and Gretchen, because I know you guys listen. Um, but there's this couple at my church who like, they are just so, so good at making their marriage a ministry. And through them, I have learned how much I want that. Um, and like Rachel, it's so good to see like a young couple doing that. And um, yeah, so it's just like become something that I've wanted. But like, what is something like, what is some fruit that you've gotten from the ministry that like has helped you in your marriage or like, strengthened you or like that you've learned about like your husband or just about marriage or just about like literally anything but like through the ministry that you're doing yeah well I think it's so true that like when you give of yourself like you receive so much more and that's really like come so like that has come so true in our lives as Connor and I have served and I think like one of the things is like just the relationships that we've built 
with the, like say Bree and the other youth minister and the kids as well just like seeing um yeah like how friendships are formed and how much of a like we needed a community and we kind of um like had like a strong marriage alone um, and so coming to this new area where we didn't know a lot of people it just gave us like a strong foundation of ways that to like continue to strive and encouragement to continue to strive in our faith and to give back um and just also community to like have friendships throughout our marriage too um yeah and i think also it's just been so good to see how connor serves like it's just mm -hmm. Like, I love to watch him serve. I love to watch him, um, yeah, just lead other youth group kids and to, like, play outside games with them. And just, like, everything within ministry, it's just been so good for our relationship um, just to continue to grow um, and bear fruit in that way. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah, you're both really good at ministry, so it's fun to watch. <laughs> so I imagine it's even more fun for you to watch him do it. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Um, there's something else that you said that I wanted to circle back to, but now I don't remember what it was. Oh, it wasn't a question, it was a story. Um, it was just another affirmation of Rachel. Yesterday during our staff meeting, Father Peter was like, Brie, were you playing music last Wednesday during youth group? And I was like, No, that was Rachel. Why? And he was like, I got an email from a woman who walked in and who was in there while you guys were praying. And she said it was one of the most powerful holy hours she's ever had in her life. So <laughs> I was like, Oh, that was Rachel. I'll have to tell her. So, Rachel, that happened. So, I don't know who she was, but it was really beautiful. Yeah. So, there you go. Thank you for sharing. See, and Rachel, here's what like I love about that is like you were gifted with like this beautiful voice and this beautiful talent to like, yeah, just like do music and play music and whatever. Um, and it's like that one parable of like, oh, like 10 coins were given to like all the men or whatever. And like one man like buried it. And then another man went out and like, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. You know that vague? Okay, great. Um, yeah. Well, so it's like, <laughs> it's like, you're not just like using your gift for like, like nothing, you know, um, like you're using it to lead others to Christ. And so my boyfriend is, is a very good worship leader, but he always says that, um, anyone can lead music, but not everyone can lead worship. Um, and I think that that, yeah, in itself is a skill and like the music is a skill, um, but also the ability to like turn the skill into like a way to praise God and to lead others to praise God is really, really good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah. beautiful. I love that you brought up that parable because I think like also within that parable each person had to give out give all, everything that they received back out to the Lord and then they were mm -hmm. able so even if you had like five or ten like you have to pour it all out to be able to like bear fruit and I think that's like a huge thing that I've realized in my own life like in in my emptiness and when I pour like everything out when I have nothing left to give that's when the Lord bears the most fruit. And it's mm. like almost like a humbling experience because like, Lord, I have nothing else. I have given you everything and mm -hmm. I don't even know what's going to happen. And then it's just like, just in those moments, like he has so much goodness and so much grace that he like speaks into it um, and just opens mm -hmm. doors and reveals so many paths. Yeah. Yeah, you read yeah. that in scripture. Like that's been a big part of my prayer lately. Um, and it's been largely in, the concept in the context of mercy 
but I think it applies here too of like St. Paul saying like it's in my weakness that I'm strong right and it's in Christ Mm -hmm. that I can boast and it's in my emptiness and in my fail like he actually boasts in his failure right and it's like that just like in a this human world especially in like the American culture where like success is just everything right like worldly success is everything in our lives and like externally is everything in our world and so this idea of recognizing that like I am actually best at my job when I have absolutely nothing to offer Mm. right because we work in ministry and like that's like that's just real is like I am actually best at my job when I have absolutely nothing to give when I am completely empty, when I'm at a loss. And that's just so backwards to like most workplaces in America, right? But it's like, that's true any way that we're doing ministry in our life. Like, I feel like if you're sitting with a friend who's grieving, like if you're sitting with somebody who like, you're like, they're in a situation when you just like, don't know what to say. And you're just like, Holy Spirit, like this is you. Like you're actually the best friend that you can be when you're just sitting with that woman, even if you have nothing to say, you know? And it's like, when you're completely empty, like that is where the Lord moves because I get out of the way. Right. Um, and it's like, I am like just that concept of boasting in my weakness. Like I am actually at my best when I got nothing to give, which Mm -hmm. is so like feels gross (laughs) because I hate having nothing, but it's just that constant reminder that the Lord gives. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere in like Galatians. I don't know. It could also not be Galatians. Um, it says, um, oh, what a joy it is to be completely and utterly spent for your sake. Um, and like think about that. Like, think about how I I had a sister on net who would always say, Lydia, if you're not tired by the end of the day, you're not doing it right. Oh my gosh, that wrecked my world. I hated that and I loved that. Um, because mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, like if you aren't like tired at the end of the day, if you aren't being completely and utterly spent for someone else's like benefit like what are you doing you know you're not Mm -hmm. being sacrificial enough yeah there's a feeling and I get it more in the spring I've been noticing it more in the last like month or two because I get it more in the spring and so I also kind of like associate it with spring weather when like I'm walking out into the parking lot on a Wednesday night and I just am like I like look up at the sky, the sun's usually setting, like sunsets at St. Ambrose are pristine, everyone, if you've never seen it, come out, take a look, but it's like the sun setting, I'm walking to my car, and I'm just done, but it's also like this abundantly full Mm. emptiness, Mm. and I know that that doesn't make sense, but it's this abundantly full emptiness of like, those are the days where I'm like, okay, Lord, like, I gave all that I had by about 10 a.m., and it is 10 p.m. and I'm leaving the parish. And like, that doesn't happen all the time because I don't give of myself that selflessly all the time. I try to, but I don't. But it's like those days where I'm walking out to my car and I'm like, whew, I am completely and utterly empty, but also my heart is so full because Lord, I know you filled the gaps in Mm. like this really full day of ministry. And it's just like, it's my favorite feeling and I don't achieve it all the time, but I try to, I strive to, I aspire to. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that, that like, I'm like that full emptiness, you know, I don't know what it is. It's just like so rewarding. Um, And it's like almost a sense of pride of like, ah, like I did good, which in a way, like, it's not bad to like recognize that you did good, but also like recognize that like, 
you did good in getting out of the way. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like that's what you did. Um, yeah, you can boast in your weakness. Yeah. Like you can feel good about and be proud of the fact. Like it sounds counterintuitive, but like be proud of the fact that I am nowhere near enough. Mm. And it's like, because of that, like Therese of Lisieux, I was talking to my roommate about this last night in a whole different context, but it's like, Therese of Lisieux would literally say like, I can't even climb the first step. So why would I even try? I'm just going to lift up my arms and let Jesus pick me up. And it's like, mm. yeah, like we can just like sit in that a little bit privately of like, not pridefully, but just like in confidence of like, I don't have anything to give. So Lord, this is all you. And then we can feel good about that. Mm-hmm. Just, I've never heard that before. Therese? Yeah. Well, I've heard of her. <laughs> I know who she is. You've heard of her. Um, yeah. I like that. Cause she had this, the whole concept of like, which I don't really understand this because I didn't know that elevators were invented when she was alive, but apparently they had like just been invented. And she had this whole analogy of like an elevator of mercy. Like, cause like she would say that like saints, like the great saints would like climb this like super rigorous stairway of mercy. And she was like, why would I do that when I could just ask Jesus to pick me up and be on this elevator of mercy? She's like, I'm not even close to good enough to climb one step. Mm. She's like, Jesus will pick me up. Yeah, I like that. Anyway, she's good. Cool. Uh, anything else, ladies? Rachel, this is so fun. Anything yeah. else you want to share or add that you had? Not really. It's been really fun, though. Thanks for having me today. Thanks for being here. I just love you a lot. And this is really fun. So good. It's been so good. So good. Cool. Lydia, anything to close out? Um, no, that's all. I'm still just sitting here doing my nails. Follow Lydia on Instagram. <laughs> Follow Brie on Instagram. Since she doesn't do, let's not talk about dating Instagram. Just I'm kidding. That was stop. super passive aggressive. I'm sorry. I will eventually. I just, I gotta get, I have so much going on. Girly, I work like 30 hours a week. No. Nah. Um, I'll do an Instagram takeover while I'm on vacation. I'm on vacation, on vacation next week. Oh, I'm to on your vacation home. next week. To Miss to Vermont. Swanton, Vermont. I'm so excited. It's going to be in the high 70s, low 80s and sunny all week. And oh, I literally that. cannot wait. I'm going to go hiking. I'm going to hang out by my parents' pool. It's going to be great. Yeah. Brian's going to be there. Brian is going to be there. Wow. That's exciting. It is exciting. I mean, it's exciting for me and it doesn't really relate to me. Why is it exciting for you? I don't know. It's always just so exciting. I love, that's my new thing. I love like talking about marriage. Not like you're married, but like, I just love talking about it. I'm not married. I'm not close to married. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Rachel's married. Rachel will talk about marriage with you all the live long day. Live long day. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Um, Cool. Yeah. I'll do an Instagram takeover while I'm on vacation. So follow us at let's not talk about dating and tune in next week for, I don't know what we're going to do next week. We'll come up with something fun. We'll see. It'll be a surprise. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye.